Welcome, everybody. I am Jesse Mogul, and thank you for joining us on the American Contingency Podcast. We are a united nationwide community of steadfast Americans ready for any challenge that comes our way. We inform, equip, and train so you can prepare, respond, and recover from any man-made or natural disaster or situation. And as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you all here for the next 30 minutes or so. Today, I have an excellent guest lined up for you. It's Denny G. He is our brand new American Contingency National Training Coordinator. Also on a local level, he is a city councilman. He's also been on the City and Planning Commission, and he is a former Army paratrooper. As always, you know, I love bringing people onto the show. Denny G, you are no different. Welcome to the American Contingency Podcast. Jesse, how's it going, my man? Good to see you. I'm so excited to have you on. Denny recently got brought on to be the National Training Coordinator. I'm also on that team, but we had not had a chance to meet yet. We've just now been going through some of of our communication channels over here at AMCOM, but face-to-face, voice-to-voice, we had not yet met until today. We just spent 20 minutes talking. We could have gone another hour just talking about all the cool things to bring to you all as far as training goes, all of the amazing experiences that Denny G has as far as bringing the preparedness to the prepared and also helping those like me, who's a novice. So I'm going to start, like I start all of these episodes. What was your instigator to be involved with American Contingency? Wow. I mean, I think I'm like a lot of the other members that are out there. You know, when I saw Mike get angry at being shadow banned and wanted to just get everybody to get off the bench and get and get to work, you know, and get, get organized and, and, you know, have an avenue where we wouldn't have to worry about being banned. We could just work together and do our thing. I think that's, you know, it activated me like a lot of other people. And, you know, I I never looked back. It was my opportunity. I saw that as an opportunity to really make something of the preparedness world um, and bring people out of the shadows that have been doing this on their own in all kinds of corners of the globe uh, in hiding and just bring everybody out into the open and become one together and start working together and not be afraid of, you know, the mystique that used to be put on it. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a good opportunity, you know, in the beginning for him to start that for us and, and look at how far we've come, Jesse. Yeah. I mean, you know, a couple of small years and we are just leaps and bounds from when he first made that first announcement online you know the the title of that get off the bench it lit it lit a lot of people up i mean we've already had Lori, we've had noel we've had tom we've had mike lott we and we got more coming that are all i I've talked to so many of you already that have said, get off the bench is what lit you up. But you in particular, when we were talking earlier, you made it very clear that you've been off the bench for some time, that you have been involved in the preparedness world, that you have been involved at the local community level in the government. You've been doing things that are very active, that to be very leadership oriented and of supporting of the community. And now you're loving that preparedness is getting taken out of the shadows where everybody thinks it's a bunker in Idaho with a bunch of guns and a bunch of cans of beans and rice. And it's actually something that suburban housewives are doing now. So I just threw a lot at you. Let's start with the first question. You have been off the bench for quite some time. What is that like for you to be involved in local government? So local government was like the next step, right? You know, I grew up in the preparedness world. And so 
I did this forever, but I stayed in the shadows. I stayed on my own. And, you know, like a lot of us, I think once after you do it enough, you get to a point where you realize that no matter how prepared you are, you can't be 100% ready on your own to survive. You just can't do it on your own, right? You need a backup. You need, you know, resources. So that's when I started getting inspired about local government because I started realizing, you know, let's find other people that I could network with, that I could bring community together and start bringing it out into the open. I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, that was the what happened, but it was a thought, right? And so I just got involved, you know, I just showed up one day and uh, it's funny, politics is a funny thing. When politicians see you show up somewhere, they notice you right? Because you're new, you're a new face and they look, oh, there's a voter. There's, you know, why is he here? Why is she here? And so right away, they want to get in your face, find out what's going on. And then they want allies, right? They want people to, to, to be a part of what they're doing so you can join with them, right? So right away, you know, I got approached, hey, you should try this. And I started on the zoning board and I slowly worked my way up till I got enough uh, guts to run for an election and uh, and be you know in a bigger position. Government is is a strange world because it's not what people think it is necessarily. Most of it, people in the government and politicians, they're there to keep their jobs and they're not so focused on sometimes what's right. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just talking about in general, right? Yes. There's a lot of good politicians out there. There's a lot of people with. But I think the machine itself, and that's why like, I, I've spent the last, I don't know, 10 years of my life really going out there and talking to people about how they should just get involved because it's the masses, right? It's like what we did at American Contingency. When we bring enough people together that believe in the same thing, we make a change. And it's yeah. the same thing with government. It doesn't change. It's it's the same thing. They won't even know it's coming. It just happens. And guess what? They embrace it while it's happening because they just want to keep their positions and their jobs, right? They're going to go with the flow of the people. But if the people aren't talking, they're going to go with their own flow. Yeah. And it's easy. You know, people don't really realize how easy it is. They set it up so it's boring and you don't want to go and you don't want to waste your time. And if you do, you're like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Once you get past that first couple of times, it's easy to start understanding it. In my brain right now, as you were saying all that, I'm like, you know, I want to start going to some of these meetings. I've got things to say. I think I'm a pretty good leader. I'd love sure. to at least have, I'd at least love to have my opinion thrown into the mix on why we yeah. don't, why we don't have more four lane roads, or why are we going to continue to level down uh, forests and put up more houses when we can't even handle the people that are living here now. And I think you make a great point that if you can just get over the fact that yes, it's not a, an amusement park. It is a bunch of people talking about roads and taxes right. and city right. type stuff, but this is where you can actually make immediate change. And you're right. If nobody's there, they're just going to side with whatever they think is right because they were elected and that's what they're told to do. But if 50 people are standing in front of them being like, we don't want you to do that, then they just won't do it. That's right. It's 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 as easy as that. And, and you should go and you everybody should go and show up just to let people know that, hey, I'm going to start paying attention, right? You can make the change. I mean, people don't understand. We look at politics as what we see on TV. We turn into CNN or Fox or whatever, and we see all these gigantic hearings at the Capitol. And we say, oh, wow, I can't make a difference there. But it starts in your backyard. You know, that all that big show that's on TV for everybody to see, it starts in our local communities. 
and it gets pushed all the way up. That's how it works. We can't, yes, I agree. We can't show up at Congress one day with a sign and say, we want this. It's never going to happen, right? <laughs> if we start on our local level and we band together as a local municipality and we join with other local municipalities, and the next thing you know, we capture our state and we capture our region. And you know what I mean? It just, yes. that's the way it works. And and people are so programmed to be understood that it doesn't work. Just don't bother. Right. And it's not true. It's, it's not true. true. It's not true. But you got to be willing, like Amcon. You know, I saw see a lot of people that join Amcon because they want that instant, I want to be prepared answer. And it's not there. It's not instant. You have to work for it. You have to spend time out of the, your daily efforts, you know, you have to set aside time to do the work to be better prepared. Same thing with government. You got to take a little time out. You got to spend some of your quality time to get involved, to get tied in, to get networking, and then changes start to come, right? So yeah. instead of being prepared, now guess what? Now you start to make your local municipalities more prepared. You start to organize your local you know, area, your neighbors, your 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 city council. Next thing you know, all the rules that are being made, you have input in them. It's amazing, you know. And I don't want to be all waving my fairy wand, you know, to everybody saying <laughs> that this is really easy, right? Because it's not. It's work, but it does work. You know, it may take a week, a month, a year, depending on how things are and how big your city is. But I'm telling you, if it doesn't, if you put the time in, you go there, you give me a call and you let me know it doesn't. And then I'll sit down with you and figure out why it didn't. So many different avenues that we could go on. But what I was really loving about this is that for a little while there, Amcon got shadow banned. We were on some FBI lists talking about how we were anti-government. We were looking to do this, that, and the other, and we're really not. We've never been anti-government. Right. In fact, we 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 support government that's for the people, by the people. And you're talking about people getting involved. Get your voice out there. Now I want to branch off to this idea of not being so reliant upon the government. Like we want government there. The other day, somebody approached me uh, in a very dark parking lot leaving a concert. This person could have had nefarious means. I'm not really sure. They asked me a question. I said, I'm going to keep going this way. And they actually just walked the other way. Government and the threat of a police force and a threat of going to jail could have stopped that person from attacking me. Or maybe they just weren't really nefarious. I don't know. But as I walked away from that situation, I'm like, that right there could have been something that it ended up not being. And that's where I feel like government and law enforcement play a role. It, it gives this, there's a checks and balances to people's behaviors. How is it that we can get people to understand that it's not about going against anything as much as it's for yourself being able to rely on yourself, your family, your neighborhood, your community to help yourselves out when a storm comes in and knocks everybody's houses down or the electricity's out for two weeks. What is that messaging or what is that thought you have around this topic? That's a really good question. You know, I mean, I have a lot of answers floating around my head. I hope I don't butcher it. Uh, it goes back to the the simple fact that you know we're all born here to take care of ourselves right we we make our living we raise our families we do our thing and then we die right and the government is really a bunch of us that gets together and looks at some bigger picture and helps make those decisions for us to keep us safe and keep us in the right direction in our lives so we can continue with raising our families and doing our daily stuff to keep ourselves alive and safe, right? So when you talk about things, like if you start pulling things out, like say for instance, 
you know, you get in trouble and you call the police, right? Well, yeah, you want the police to show up, right? But really, it's up to you to keep yourself safe and to defend yourself. I mean, if you go back to the Wild West, they weren't calling the police. We look to the government to do those things. And then when they fail, we blame the government. And the government almost turns into this thing that is not, it's just us, right? So if we're not helping make it better, and it's not working, and all we're doing is complaining on both sides of it, why even bother? I look at the government, you know, I'm very involved, obviously, right? Because I think it's important to try and change it and shape it into what it's there for and be a part of that. But at the same time, don't get me wrong, Jesse, I am my own first responder. I don't think, I'm not telling you I don't call the police if something happens. I'm telling you, I don't wait for them to show up because they may not show up. I, I mean, I've worked in the city of Chicago and I've I've called the police for people that our houses have broken into and the police never showed up. After six hours, I left. I said, I'm sorry, I can't wait any longer. You know, so yeah. this is the reality, right? So I think in American contingency, being blessed with the the situation of being a, a training coordinator, that's some things that, you know, we want to teach, right? Is especially new people when they come in is the understanding of the separation of the two, how they could work together. But ultimately, you're here to learn how to take care of yourself. Thank God, you know, nothing bad happened to you, but it's the same thing. It's being prepared, having situational awareness to not get into that situation at first. And then if you do get into that situation, how you can get out of it. You know, I don't want to focus in on just the police angle or the danger angle. There's a lot of other angles as well, supply chain, things like that. But it all comes down to us. And if we all hide and not try to help and fix and make it better, it's never going to work for mm -hmm. us anyways. Yeah. So we should be running that. I think we should be running that dual life, right? We should be spending time in government, but just working on making it better and making it function. And as things do, we could rely on a little bit more because we're a part of it and we can control it to a certain extent. But everything else, we should be, you know, we should be focusing on ourselves and building our own, you know, I hate to say our own government because it's not like that, but our own support system. Right. You know, our own yeah. responders, our own medical, our own food supply chain. You know, yes. we have our own ASAT team. So we have information now. Information is important. I, I was so thrilled when I heard we were doing that and we were growing that because if I had a way that I could only listen to American Contingency News and knew that it was for real from on the ground and it only got better and better, I would never turn the television on again. Ever. Right. <laughs> How, why would I? <laughs> yeah. Well, it reminds me of when we had the social media newscasters. And that's what I call anybody who, who just shoots things on their phone and posts it on TikTok or the gram. And whenever the um, train went, it got derailed up there in Ohio, Pennsylvania yeah. area, and that turned into a whole calamity. And they were, you know, burning, I mean, literally fish dead everywhere. There's fires. I mean, they, they just, the way that that was handled was atrocious. But you had these people with cell phones going out there and reporting on things. And of course, then the mainstream media is trying to say, well, don't believe them, believe us, the people who right. aren't actually there. And I'm a firm believer that I would rather have boots on the ground. And that's what I love about American contingency. We vet our members. We're, we're all people who actively want to help grow our community we want to help ourselves and help others at the same time. Like 
this is why when you start talking about getting involved in government, my brain was like, well, is, is this, is, are people really going to want to do that? And I'm like, wait, the people who are involved in American contingency are the ones who are proactive. There are proactive members. That they're going to want to do something in the government. They're going to want to collect their own water. They're going to want to learn about our categories. And that was something we were talking about pre-microphone before I hit record, was that we've got these 12 categories and we really want to make sure everybody is a jack of all of them the jack of all trades, rather than just having a focus on one or the other, because you brought up a really great point. In my own cul-de-sac, there could be somebody across the street who's really good with medical, and there could be a next-door neighbor who's really good with farming, and there could be a next-door neighbor who's really good with firearms training. But if I'm relying on all of them to be around if something goes sideways, then I'm putting myself behind the eight ball. Because I need to have at least a rudimentary knowledge of those things. Because what if they're all on vacation and then the tornado comes through? You have a lot of ideas for the training and you have a lot of perspectives on this too. How have you seen utilizing our 12 categories, how it can make somebody become a very well-rounded preparedness person? I'd like to start that answer off by saying that the groundwork was already started by Noel. He was a fantastic training coordinator. He he built the groundwork on where we're headed. So I don't, first off, I don't want to take credit for anything, right? I'm only taking credit <laughs> for where I where he left off. <laughs> he was he 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 was sensational. I'm a big right. fan of Noel Bishop. He was on episode four or five somewhere. So thank no, you for I shouting. Mean, thank you for yeah. shouting out Noel. I love Noel, you know, and I worked behind the scenes with him for a while, right? So I got firsthand to see how hard that man worked and how much he struggled with, uh, you know, obviously what I struggle with now too. But, um, and the secondly, I want to say that our training program is not me. It is our membership at large. My vision of our training first off and our 12 categories, you know, I'm not a pro in any of the categories, but um, I'm good at bringing people together and talking to people and brainstorming and coming up with ideas and putting you know, information into the right areas, right? So our membership at large is who I lean on to help develop this stuff. But my idea now, going to your question, I look at preparedness this way, right? I always look at preparedness from a newbie standpoint, because if you come into American contingency and you're already 50% there, right? You're way better off than a person that comes in and has no idea what's going on. You should be one of the guys helping, or girls, helping the newbies to get up to at least your level, right? Yes. What I want to do is set a path or a roadmap so when you or anybody else at any level comes in, they could first assess where they're at legitimately. They could take a look at themselves and say, okay, in the 12 categories, I'm fantastic at firearms and mobility, right? And I stink at the rest. And then I want to give them the knowledge to first say, okay, well, you should slow down on your firearms and mobility training. And let's start working a little more in the other categories because you'd want to develop your um, resilience evenly across the board on all 12 categories. So if a disaster hits, you know, wouldn't it be terrible to just be fantastic at mobility, but be terrible at everything else? I mean, you're, you're done, right? Great. So um, you you can drive anywhere, but you got nothing in your right. car. And if you get into an accident, you have no clue how to stop the bleeding. 
Exactly. Right. So and that's great if you have a whole team and you have 12 man team, 12 man or woman team and everybody's good at one category. I guess that works, you know. But so what I want to do is I want to try to create training so it brings everybody up at the same kind of level across all 12 categories or at least focus people that way. You could do whatever you want, but the training program will be built that way. So we're kind of building it on we call it a training matrix. I know this word's been passed around a lot. And I think it'll stick. And so basically, it's training matrix is to start to develop the training program on a basic level and then an intermediate level and then an advanced level. And we and for conversation's sake, we would say the basic level is for you to become proficient at being a family responder. Right. So if you passed all the courses in the basic class across all 12 categories, you would be anybody would feel that you were competent enough to maintain yourself and your family in a disaster, right? Across all 12 categories. And that's the goal. And then as you move up, you reach, you know, second tier, maybe your neighborhood or maybe your state, you know, and so on and so forth. So it becomes more robust. There might be some people that want want to go past family, right? And then that's fine, but at least you hit a milestone. So uh, and we're even thinking about some sort of badging or tagging. So when you do reach that milestone, maybe you see a little, uh, you know, like we have the check marks for vetted members. Maybe you'll see that for being a family responder also on your your next to your name and your profile. Now this makes everyone aware of who you are. So the disaster hits in your area. And I go out there to respond to help you out, Jesse. And I go online really quick just to see where all my assets are and who's going to show up. I can see right away, oh, Jesse's already uh, a, a family responder. So I know he has three months worth of water and uh, he knows how to work a GMRS radio. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so totally. It gives me understanding. So when I show up with a team to help assist, we already kind of know where you're at. Now we don't know what assets you've lost in the, you know, in the disaster, but at least we know your level. And as other members show up to help, we also understand where you're at on the scale. You know, you might be super high speed, uh, double expert, grand high exalted mystic ruler, right? And when you show up, we know because of your designation <laughs> and now guess who's in charge, <laughs> right? So it, I think ultimately it'll help us out longer term if we develop a training program built that way um because it keeps you know it keeps better organization of where people are at across because you got to remember you know American contingency is two things yes it's it's for your personal growth and building your own um resilience right but the second part of it which we all understand we're all in here for it is is helping each other out yes and so we need that second part and we don't want to have two ways of doing things right we'd rather develop everything once and as you grow you grow across the board for yourself mm -hmm. and for the membership at large yes you referenced it so i'm going to bring it up there's like a redundancy desire whenever i think about my training around the preparedness i don't just want to know how to stop the bleeding or how to splint a sprained ankle i want my girlfriend i want her son i want my next door neighbor redundancy like you had mentioned yeah i guess if you know you have one person on your team who's good at one of the categories and all 12 of you are there great but then i immediately thought well 
that's not how the military works. The military is built upon redundancy. Right. There's not just one medic on the battlefield. There's 20. And even the casual soldier knows enough about the medical needs that if somebody is, is there and they need to stop the bleed, they can do things. There's a redundancy built in. And I think that's what I'm loving about our training. I'm all for the badges. I also would love to see magnets for the fridge, but that's just because I'd want people to come over and see them. I'm just like, hey, I look, look what I, I, I'm like a Boy Scout from back in the day. I loved my badges. I was the first one to sew them on my little vest and stuff. So I'm like, can we get, can we get some magnets and put them on our fridge? And when I think back to when I first joined the team to help run the My Ready Plan website, which is helping people understand their preparedness and where they're at by taking a test and saying, okay, these are the areas. I remember our old logo used to be, it might still be a fire extinguisher and I didn't have a fire extinguisher. So I remember how excited I was to call up Tom and be like, I just bought two fire extinguishers. I'm so excited right now. I'm officially getting prepared. And we had a good chuckle about it, but he's like, but that's as simple as you can literally just start with that and then grow. And I think a lot of people I talk to who are just as neophyte as me come in thinking, oh, I need to be able to set aside a thousand dollars and buy all of this stuff. And I need three months worth of food immediately. And I need a generator and I need, you know, four months supply of gasoline. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes and just ask yourself, do you've got three days worth of food and water? Do you have some light sources? And, you know, do you have a fire extinguisher? There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's it's really easy for somebody to come in and just be like, well, I need to get everything right away. It's putting the work in. It's building that up, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. If I had a million dollars and I could go spend it on an underground bunker and pack it full of stuff, you know, I'm in, right? But realistically, you know, that's not for real. So it's helping... Um, you know, foster that environment of doing exactly what you said, you know, honoring people that did make the first step, you know, I mean, so what that you've had a fire extinguisher your whole life and it's no big deal anymore for them. It's the biggest thing in the world. We should be fostering that. We should be lifting them up and congratulating them because it just turns into this virus. Right. And then all of a sudden they're, they're in a frenzy and then they have four fire extinguishers when they show up somewhere. And that's, and that's kind of it, right? And it's kind of trying to figure out ways to to build that into, you know, training, you know, just to to not only do that if individually, but also put that into other people's minds as well to work together, you know, to to teach people how important it just make a step. Yes. Make a small step and then make another small step. And then uh-huh. make another small step. And then our uh, my job is just to try and keep you even. So when you do show up to an event and you've got five fire extinguishers, they're gonna be like. Jesse, you're awesome, man. These are the best fire extinguishers I ever saw in my life. But let's take a break in the fire extinguishers. <laughs> and we're going to work here now. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Jack of all trades. Let's move you around to different categories, Jess. And I and I love you talk about the um, celebrating the small ones. So I do a lot of work in the addiction recovery field. And, I, and I, what I talk and teach and coach around isn't just for those in addiction recovery, but also their families and their support system to celebrate the small little victories. Because that little reward, it's just like we're, we're all little kids inside. We want to feel good about something we've done. We want people to pat us on the back and say, congratulations, you bought a fire extinguisher. That was super awesome. What are you doing about water, right? Like we can, there's always a little bit more. So it's like, let's celebrate. And then let's think about what's the next one. It's like, you know, on to Cincinnati kind of mentality, yeah. uh, football reference there. So you have 
been involved in this world for quite some time. Like I said, at the beginning, you've been off the bench for a while. What is that like for you to come across people who are neophytes in this world of preparedness? Similar to me, although I've certainly been in it now for over a year and a half, so I, I know more, even though I haven't done a ton, I know more. But what's it like for you to tap into that very newbie and say, let's get you going, and then watching them start to accumulate things and, and then noticing how that emotional and psychological resiliency they feel about themselves begins to increase. Well, I mean, I, you know, I know you're in, you're, you're in that addiction world, you know, and you're, you're a leader in that world. So it's, it's the same thing, right? It's, it's the feeling you get when you have the ability to help somebody or show someone something they've never seen before. And the, the thrill they get, you get a little bit of that thrill too, right? And, and it feeds you, it feeds what you're doing. And, you know, I really, I love that, you know, it's, you know, I love that feeling. I don't do it for that. I love it. You know, when it happens, you know, I, I do it because every person that we get that comes online, you know, and we make them stronger. I look at it like that's one less person we have to worry about a disaster. And that's one more person making our world better. So one day we can maybe alleviate the disasters, right? Cause we're all on the same page. You know, yeah. we're all working together. We're all have foresight enough to stop. I mean, we can't stop a natural disaster, right? But, you know, we could all work together to see them coming, to work together to move each other out of the way, things like that, right? So for me, it's just, it's one of those things where it just, it's just propelling what I've been trying to do my whole life into a whole different realm. But that feeling you get, you know, when somebody new comes online and they ask that first question, and I don't care if I've heard it a hundred times, even a hundred times in one day, I'm still excited to answer that question yeah. again. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just oh, yeah. so great. And I just hope that that feeling, and I know it is, you know, I know that we have a lot, a lot, hundreds and hundreds of great members that I've met and probably hundreds more that I haven't that feel the same way as I do. And I just hope that they, you know, even if they're listening to this, this podcast, that it reminds them that when they see somebody come on and, and has that question, don't be afraid to put it back out there again. Don't be afraid to regurgitate some old information that we put up three months ago because you're afraid that somebody will say, oh, we, we already saw that. That's not our environment, right? Get it back out there. Share that information. That's why we're all here. We're all the trainers. We're all trainers for American Contingency. You know, I'm just, I just happen to have the title. So I get to like wear the, you know, orange vest and direct traffic a little bit, but really we're all, you know, at the local levels, we're all helping each other. We're all training each other on our own. So I, yeah. you know, and I want everybody to feel that what you felt, what I feel, you know, when, when that happens, because once they feel it, guess what? How much stronger are we going to be as a community? When so strong. So strong. I'd call, I'd call you a little bit more of an air traffic controller than just the guy on the <laughs> runway. Like yeah, maybe, well, maybe I'm the guy on the runway, but you are, you are definitely my <laughs> air traffic controller. I'm going to get you out of here on this. It's one of my favorite questions to ask. This podcast is available nationwide. In fact, it's available all around the world. So in a, in a, in a way, theoretically, this message could reach every single human being on this planet. What is a message you would like them to know from you about anything that is anything? Wow. I mean, I guess just that we're all in this world together, right? And so we need to understand that no matter what our views are, no matter what our feelings are, when we meet each other out in the street, we should have that common respect and courtesy for each other. And if we do, 
we never have to be afraid of anything. We 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 would all live such a great life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to like each other. We just have to be respectful to each other. And you know, and I think if more people could hear that message and just try it, you know, an extra smile, a cash register, hold the door open for somebody. I mean, you know, it's it's like a virus. It'll change everything. Yes. That's beautiful. I heard something recently where somebody's like, just because you lost me as a friend doesn't mean that I'm your enemy now. And it just makes me think like, I meet all these strangers. And yeah, there's certain people that rub me a little bit the wrong way, but they're not my enemy. I don't wish them ill will. I don't hope that things badly happen to them. I'm just like, you can exist over there and I can exist over here. But if a tornado, a hurricane or aliens attack or the zombies come, sure. I got you. I got your back. Just give, right. me a, give me a holler. Let's gather our resources and let's fend off the zombies for as long as we can. I mean, people don't realize that stuff until it's too late, you know, and when it's too late and you have to rely rely on everybody else. And then you, you know, that's one good thing about the military. That's what teaches some of the people who are in the military know. You realize right away, you know, you have to have, you have to live by that code because there's going to be a time where you need that person to your left or your right or whoever's in the room. You know, you don't even have to be, you know, in the same unit. But you know that they're wearing that uniform. They're going to be there and they're going to help you and do the task, right? And it's the same thing. We, we could be the same thing out here too. You know, it's it's the same exact thing. Um, and so for people to think about that now, it just makes us so much more prepared and so much better than having to deal with it when, you know, everything goes terrible, you know, or everything goes south. And if we do it now, I'm telling you, you know, we start doing it now. And we get the whole world on board, or at least all of America would be nice on board. Yeah, let's just please come on, U.S. Stop going at right, each well, other's throats. We're, you know, life is going to be so much better. But anyways, you know, I mean, you 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 had a big answer, and I wanted to give a big or a big question. I had a big answer. How's that? Because I mean, you, you man, you crushed it out of the park, right? <laughs> we're, we're we're only as strong as our weakest link. So let's all help each other raise up and get stronger. We've got twelve categories. We've got lots of information for people out there. Not only on the website, but there's the whole membership platform. Uh, Denny G, you have been fantastic on the microphone. You are coming back. You already. I just want to oh, let you know you, you you will be back on the show. I just want to thank you so much for your time today. It's been fantastic thank you it's been a pleasure thanks for having me on and uh uh, keep up the good work out there yeah thank you very much we'll be continuing this conversation off the microphone but for those of you out there you're looking for a little bit of certainty in an uncertain world then we are here to help you american contingency we are here when you're ready to build the skills the network and the confidence to be ready for whatever comes next join us at americancontingency.com talk to you next time Bye-bye.